Thank you for tuning in to the Monarch Touch podcast. This is the place where we touch hearts and transform lives. My name is Kendra, and I will be your host. I remember the first time I heard about minimalism. It was on a Netflix series. Maybe it intrigued me because I have parents who like stuff. Maybe because I married a man who can't let go of stuff. And our house has no room for us. Maybe because I myself have a difficult time deciding what to keep and what to let go. In fact, my desk right now is full of papers that are just tossed around looking for a place to call home. But also on my desk is an inspirational calendar that my son had given me for Christmas one year. And it says, minimalism is not about having less, but making room for what really matters. The problem with our clutter is that it distracts our mind from what actually makes us feel complete and joyful. Minimalism, therefore, is a changed mindset that we have before we change anything on the outside. We need to clean up what is in the inside of our hearts and our mind before we clean up what is around us. But so often we try to do the opposite and find ourselves going back to our old cluttered ways. This is why we have a continual pile of giveaway or why once we make space in the corner of our house, we soon find it full of stuff again. We hate to see emptiness. Our brain is like this. We continuously feel the need to fill it back up. We dislike space where we have nothing to do and nothing to think about. And so we keep our brain full of ideas and our body busy in motion. If we are honest, busyness and fullness gives us the impression we are important and have success. While on the other opposite end of the spectrum, minimalism can sound empty, boring, and maybe even downright like a failure. So it is important we first get our priorities straight so we can approach this concept with intentionality. I have been reminded recently to be still, slow down, and quiet my mind, not because these are the new age words of inspiration, but because God has taught these things to his people from the beginning. And there is a good reason to be still. In our stillness, when our brain gets to the place where we can let all the outside noise and inside chatter in our head turn down its volume, we can then begin to hear our spirit from within speak and guide our hearts. We cannot make room for what really matters if we are not first aware what that is. Have you ever wanted or obsessed over something only to finally get that thing in months, maybe only even weeks later, it doesn't seem to carry the same weight and importance as it used to before getting it. The first step to understand in our hearts is first to know the nature of our creator. It is written throughout all the scriptures, starting in the beginning of the Old Testament all the way to the end, that God is steadfast love, gracious, and merciful. He embodies this nature, and we are created in His image. When we see this truth, the energy of light and love within ourselves, and find peace within it, we then can begin to hold more loosely to everything else. And here is why our trophies, titles, fame, athletic abilities, health, and our wealth All these things are temporary moments. These may be experiences for us to have to help us to grow in understanding. It may even be experiences for us to have that bring us pleasure. They are fun to achieve. That is our drive and motivation to push through to accomplish these things. But we also need to become the person who can achieve these things. Our things we believe we have earned or own are just an outside reflection of the person we are becoming on the inside. But make no mistake, none of it is who we are. We are light. We are love. 
And when we close our eyes and get still where we tap back into that source of energy and remember who we truly are, it is in this remembering where we can surrender all the other things that don't define our true presence. Instead, we learn to hold loosely to all that is temporary and tightly to what is eternal. There is nothing wrong for wanting or going after achieving greatness in the temporary world. After all, we are put in a world where these things exist, which tells me that they matter. A better question I like to ask myself is, who am I when I don't get what I want? Or who am I if I lose this one thing that I am obsessing over? It It is only then where I can begin to look within myself and see my internal dialogue and attitude. I am beginning to understand that the thing we are working so hard to achieve is not what actually matters most, but rather it is the struggle and the determination to push through our obstacles that shapes and molds our character. We are defined by our perseverance but also by the unwillingness to lie, cheat, or steal to get what we want. If we want to develop our character, we must learn to work hard, but not in a way where we compromise our values. More things does not equal more joy, but having joy allows us to appreciate our things. Joy then comes from being present in our true form of light and love, wherever we go, whoever we are with, and whatever we do. Our joy is intrinsic. Our intrinsic joy is light and love. This is what we bring everywhere we go. And this is how we are able to hold loosely to all things. I can experience joy if I'm standing in a mansion looking out at the clear blue ocean. And I can experience joy if I'm standing in a one-room apartment located in a noisy, chaotic city. As long as I do not attach a story to these experiences and instead become present with how I'm honoring my space, I then can bring the joy everywhere I go. All throughout our lifetime, we will be changing form. Who I was when I was 10 is not who I was when I was becoming a mother at age 23. And who I was then is not who I am now as I am approaching the age of 49. So age is not who we are. That also means our body, whether it is youthful, sick, aging, or dying, is not who we are. Does that mean we become neglectful with how we care for our body then? Our body does not define us, but whether we are neglectful or kind to our body defines our character. If we witnessed a parent neglect their child until their child became ill, we could say this parent had immoral character. Why then are we celebrating people neglecting their bodies until they need medication to function? When we say a person has renter's mentality, we mean that they are irresponsible in the way that they care for other people's stuff. Our body may not be who we are, but we have been given it to borrow, to use, and to care for. How have you been treating yours? Do you live in your body with a renter's mentality? Or are you being responsible with what you are borrowing? I believe our body in itself does not define our character, but our attitude with how we care for it does. Our moral character then becomes who we are. The light and love within us grows brighter and stronger when we seek opportunities for our character to grow. These opportunities come through the form of the stuff and how we use them through pushing towards our achievements and awards and not losing ourselves through the way we tend to our health and to help others with their health 
When we look to our character in the ways we show up daily, we then can define easier what really matters. Once we know what matters, we begin to make space in all the right places. Maria Kondu is a little Japanese woman who is known around the world for helping people create an environment that is decluttered and feels comfortable. One of her famous quotes is, only keep what sparks joy. My question for you today to think about and to ponder is, are you aware of what sparks joy in your life? Look daily for what really matters in your life, then you can let go of the rest and live in true peace. If you like this episode and want to hear more, you can go to my website, monarchtouch.com, to listen to all the previous shows. Living life together is how we live life best.